Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful medical moms. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here. I took a hiatus. I had a lot of things going on and I just let this thing be something that I could push back. Um, This is kind of a side quest in the podcast, but I recently saw a quote that was like discussing women's um, thought processes and decision making in terms of trying to manage their household and the idea of doing less. And I know I've said this on the podcast too, like we need to do less. And the quote was interesting because I contemplated it for a while. And the conclusion that I came down to, the quote was making the the stance, like an argument of sorts that we women already know what can be less and they've already done that mental labor. And so therefore doing less is not possible. But I disagree. I feel like I think that doing less is a, we cannot think of what less means without considering how we are socialized different. Um, doing less to a woman is going to be different than to someone who is socialized as a man. And women often take responsibility for things that are not their responsibility. And so if you are like, I'm trying to do less, I'm trying to do less, it might not even be about like you doing less tasks, but also the mental uh, labor in your mind, but what less means. And so when I was overwhelmed, when I was trying to juggle several things all at once, my mind said, you cannot stop your podcast. That is not something that's allowed to be less of. And I got curious about this and I was like, why? Why do I feel this way? And it came down to, it was like a bad business practice. And to some extent, I agree with it. Like consistency is important in any business. But in this circumstance, I was like, you know what? I am in charge of my business. I'm in charge of my podcast. And it is a plate that I will stop juggling for a brief period of time so that I can give myself a new perspective on what it means to do less and take a break and kind of reorganize my thoughts around what that dynamic looks like. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you in case you're also in a place where you want to do less or you're trying to figure out how to juggle many things. Sometimes you're thinking, this is the minimum. This is the things that I have to do. And I would still challenge you to think, is that even true? And are you, are you sure about that? Today, we're going to talk about a similar topic. I feel like it's kind of a similar avenue. Um, I'm going to continue talking about mom guilt. The last episode I spoke on 
was on feeling guilt as a mom. And this time I want to talk about feeling guilty about your child's diagnosis. And this is something that I see so prevalent throughout medical motherhood. And I wish I could coach every single one of you individually to work through these thoughts. And this podcast is the best way to do that without sitting down individually. Mom guilt is often kind of flippant, right? Like, oh, I just feel mom guilt, you know, that mom guilt. Reality is, is that this is not your fault. You're not feeling this because you're, you know, somehow lacking a skill. You're not like, um, what I'm saying is that mom guilt is a socialized experience. You have been taught to feel guilty about things that other people don't feel guilty about, or even might be like, why do you even feel guilty about that? And I was talking to a friend recently and I told her, she doesn't have kids, and I told her that I was feeling guilty about something and she was like, what are you even talking about? And I had no idea. I had no idea that this was not a universal experience. And when I expressed my concerns, she was like, Courtney, this is not something you should feel guilty about because I find that guilt piggybacks on feeling selfish. And that's like the number one thing that I see moms struggle with is that when I talk to them about feeling guilty, when I ask why, like what, do, what is the problem? And it comes down to feeling selfish. Like the, like women are not allowed to take up that much space or demand that much time or things like that. And when we think about this idea that the reasons why you believe something um, is wrong is because you've been taught to believe that you should feel, feel guilty about it. So this is not your fault. This is not something that you chose to do. Uh, but when you are more aware of it, you can help deprogram your brain and unlearn that kind of socialization. Moms feel guilty about a lot of things that I believe they have absolutely no business feeling guilty about. Last week's episode was on leaving the hospital. This topic is going to be on diagnosis guilt. The guilt you might feel for causing said diagnosis or health condition, or um, maybe you have like an unknown genetic predisposition to something that your child has, or you had a history of something you didn't know your family had a genetic history for, or you just feel guilty because it was your body that created your baby. And this guilt, this kind of uh, responsibility that you feel for your child, I just find completely unhelpful. I can't think of one way where a mother has come to me and said, I feel so guilty for their diagnosis and it makes me a better mom because I feel that way. I'm not saying that it, it makes you a bad mom at all. I'm just saying that it's not helping you either. And it's probably harming you to continuously berate yourself, blame yourself, and take responsibility for something 
that is outside of your control. Because while guilt is normal and healthy in some circumstances as an emotional response to making a mistake, having your child be born with a diagnosis is not a mistake. And it's certainly not a mistake you made or caused or are responsible for because your child is not a mistake. We all make mistakes. It's a guaranteed part of life. And this is something that I want to talk about as well on a future podcast. So if you have thoughts or questions or examples of mistakes that you've made where you want to discuss how to work through that, please share with me in the podcast uh, Facebook group. You can share anonymously or even DM me privately, and I can use that material on a future podcast episode with your real-life examples. Um, Or if you'd like direct coaching, you can post in the Facebook group with your name or anonymously, and I would love to coach you through your thoughts about making mistakes, Um, like forgetting a medication or forgetting an appointment or... um, you know, making the G-tube explode or something like that. Um, I find, especially with women, they are very concerned with making mistakes, so much so that when they do make a mistake, it feels like the worst thing to happen to them, and they don't know how to function because they feel so much guilt. When in reality, they're not feeling guilt. They're feeling shame, and that is something we're going to discuss here. But guilt is something that does help us check in with ourselves so that we are able to be compassionate and kind and realign with our values, right? So sometimes we make a mistake for a variety of reasons, like we say a lie or we, uh, I don't know, we just, there are mistakes we make, right? And not ever feeling guilty over something is associated with antisocial personality disorder or like psychopathic people. And so feeling guilty tells you something about your emotional health. It is helping you have a conscious understanding that your choices impact other people. And making sure that you can see that is emotionally mature. I'm not anti-guilt in the sense that you should never feel guilty for anything you ever do, I just think that the majority of guilt is learned and taught both directly and indirectly from our culture and our religion and our society and our parenting background and our trauma and all of those things are shaping your brain into seeing your behavior as a problem. And most of the guilt you work through can be simple, right? Because You say, okay, I made a mistake, I can say sorry, I can apologize, I can make amends, and then you're able to forgive yourself and move forward and not hold it against yourself. Once you've said sorry and you've tried to make amends and you've heard that person out and you're willing to acknowledge the impact your choices have have had, you don't need to shame yourself for that. It doesn't make you suddenly completely unworthy. You're not starting over from scratch in the worthiness department. Worthiness never changed. I believe, though, that so much of the guilt that women are experiencing, especially mothers, is not just 
guilt for the mistakes they're making. They think everything they do is a mistake and they're shaming themselves. So it's like, one, is this even guilt or is it shame? And two, is it actually a mistake that you've made or something that you think you're supposed to feel guilty about? I have a podcast episode that talks about this more in depth, shame versus guilt and how to tell the difference. It's a great episode to learn more about the differences between these topics and I dive deeper into that. But what's important to know is that guilt implies you made a decision that harmed someone. And the truth is, we all do that. We all do the harming at some point. We say rude things, we lose our tempers, we snap at our kids. And learning to regulate our emotions is always going to be a process. There's never gonna be a time in your life where you are just perfectly zen all the time, but being able to self-regulate and to cope with those feelings is a skill that you can learn and be able to reduce the harm that you have around people. But it's inevitable that we impact each other. We all make mistakes, it's a guaranteed part of life. And again, guilt is that um, reinforcement of like, oh, hey, I don't want to cause harm to other people. And in fact, I want to make sure that that person knows that I, I'm sorry for what I did. So all of that to say, medical moms do a lot of shaming when it comes to their child's diagnosis. And they treat it as if they are went out of their way to harm their child. That's kind of, that's why I prefaced it this way, because you're coming from a mindset that you have made a mistake, a mistake that you chose to give your kid. You're coming from a place of intention. And the easiest way is to understand the difference between shame and guilt is the way Brene Brown defines it. I love her and I love her work in emotional intelligence and she loves to share shame or guilt is I made a mistake. Shame says I am the mistake. And when you identify as the mistake, which most women and moms do when it comes to making mistakes, it's not that, oh, I messed up. It's I am the mess up. I am the problem. And this leads to a shitstorm of self-blame. You are blaming yourself for your child's condition. You are blaming yourself for every day that they've stayed in the hospital. You're blaming them yourself for every um, procedure they've had, every needle they've had, um, all of their pain all of their fear, all of their emotions, all of that becomes your responsibility. All of that becomes a burden to you. And I just wanna say that having a medical child is not something you are responsible for because you cannot control whether or not your child was born with a medical condition. Nor does having a child with a medical condition make you a bad person. And I think it's really important to speak these things out loud, even if it feels obvious or logical to that part of our brain. 
because I know there are some of you out there that have been secretly thinking this, right? It kind of comes and goes and like taps you on the shoulder every once in a while. It's like, well, you're a really bad person. Look at your kid. They have to go through so many hard things. And when we don't speak about those thoughts, when we don't speak up about those feelings, the more it becomes the truth. And I don't believe that you should be blaming yourself at all. I don't, I, can't, I just can't think of any circumstance where a mom should be blaming themselves for their child's disability or their genetic condition or a heart defect or a cancer or anything. Like, I just don't understand how it makes sense to bl blame yourself for it because there is no positive outcome from that. Your disabled child is allowed to exist as a whole person without your pity. Your child with a heart defect uh, is a whole person, even with half a heart, and deserves to live without their parents feeling so guilty for them being alive. And as your child grows up and you just you start having more conversations with them about their condition and they start maintaining more of their um, autonomy and the control of their life and their health, they're going to take cues from you. They're going to take cues from how you believe and what you believe about their condition. And you're going to teach them consciously or subconsciously that they should feel guilty for existing, that they shouldn't take up space, that their um, condition is a burden. And that is something I think that we as parents have to be cognizant of. Like we have to be aware that how we think and talk about their condition, especially when it comes to blaming ourselves and what it teaches them about their body and their worthiness. You have done nothing wrong by having a child with a health condition. There is no need to feel guilty for having a child who is born differently. Each person on earth has a right to exist and they have a right to exist with any kind of health condition. And that is ableism, un, like a short version of unpacking that. Like we think that everyone should be able-bodied, right? There's a belief, this underlying belief that like you're more valuable if you are able-bodied. You are a better person if you're able-bodied. You are smarter if you're able-bodied. All of those things are things that as parents we have to unpack and deprogram our brain from and think on purpose when we think of our children and how we are connected to them. And how you think about your child's condition is going to impact that. You might feel guilty because you believe you caused their diagnosis or health condition somehow. And I've had people make the case to me that like, no, like I have a history of heart defects in my family. so. It was my, it was like the genetic material from me that created this kid's heart defect. And so you could say, okay, maybe in this sense it's true that you, that the genetic material your child came from had the exact combination of genes that led to your child's diagnosis. But what I would ask in that, in that coaching session, if someone said this to me, is Okay, so did you choose your genetic material? Did you choose your parents? You chose to be born into a family with a uh, history of heart defects? 
And they'll be like, well, of course not. And I'm like, exactly. You can't choose your parents just as much as you can choose to be born to a poor family versus a wealthy family or a different country. Like where we are born impacts so much of our lives. And we're just kind of spit out into the universe depending on where we're born, who we are born to, and if you're going to blame yourself for your child's heart condition, then you are equally responsible for their eyesight, right? Like no one is feeling guilty if their kid has to have glasses. I wear glasses. I got glasses when I was like 16. And I never thought in my when I got the glasses that my parents were to blame for my eyesight. Because this is a form of health thing. It's not a disability. I mean, maybe at some point if you were blind, but like I need glasses to see. This is part of my health care, right? I need glasses to see. And I don't want anyone feeling guilty for that because this is just part of my body that I have to adapt to and use glasses to drive. But when you blame yourself for causing a disease, most of you describe as if you did it on purpose with intention to cause harm. And this is just simply not true. You did not choose to be born into your family, but you did choose to have a child. And if you are, uh, I sometimes people will say to me is like, well, maybe I didn't choose to um, be born into this family with this, you know, history, but I did choose to have a kid and I chose to uh, keep my pregnancy and I chose to um, have the child be born and go through these surgeries. I'm going to do an episode on guilt associated with procedures and surgeries later, but I would say to that again, did you think, oh, I tell, I told my cells to stop building my child's heart properly so that they could have surgery in two days at two days old? No, of course you did not. Did you say, oh, body, please work improperly? No, of course you did not. And I want you to really think about this. Because so many of you are going to be like, well, I know this logically, but it doesn't, it just doesn't feel that way. And I'm like, yeah, but your feelings are not facts. Your feelings are not the ultimate decider of what's true. And I want you to answer these questions with the truth, with the facts. Did you tell your body to do something bad? Did you intentionally try to make your child be born with a medical condition? Are you responsible for your ch- for your body's physiological responses during pregnancy? Are you responsible for like your whether or not your digestive system works properly? Are you responsible for your child's body body's physical physiological responses inside your body? Because it's not just your body, right? Your child's body becomes separate at some point in the pregnancy and relies on your body for nourishment. But at some point, their body starts to function on their own and responds to its environment. The cells that create a heart are formed very early on in a pregnancy. Sometimes, I think before you even know you're pregnant. So 
Are you responsible for that? Are you responsible before you even know you're pregnant? How your child's heart formed, how their liver formed, how their toes formed, whether they have limbs or whether they um, are going to be able to walk or talk. Are you responsible for those things? No, you are not. That is the fact. You are not in control of them. You cannot be responsible for something that you have no control over. You might make an argument that you have a sliver of control over the outcome of a pregnancy's health. We know that there is data on, in terms of not drinking alcohol during a pregnancy. And that is something you have control over, right? That's why pregnant women don't drink when they're pregnant. They don't smoke when they're pregnant. They do those things because they have control over them. And yet, even when someone does every single thing by the book, they do all the things they're in control of, they can still have a child born with a health, health condition. And you never had the option to decide to give your child. This was not a, a health condition. This was not a decision you made. And so taking responsibility for something that you have no control over is not actually logical at all. And you're like, I know this logically, but you don't. Not really. Y'all are getting a lecture from me today because this is not logical. If you're saying, I know this logically, and still trying to do the mental gymnastics in order to prove that you are to blame for your child's health condition, I want you to say why. Why are you so set on blaming yourself? Does it feel good? Do you feel like you gain something from this? Is it helpful in any way? I want you to think on this because this is going to tell you so much about what is going on in your brain. Your child's health condition is what we call a circumstance. You have a circumstance that you didn't choose. And when you have a child, yes, that is a choice, right? Taking care of the child is a choice and it becomes your responsibility. And that includes their healthcare, which medical moms step up and do with no training, no experience. They just throw themselves into the medical mom world and do incredible, impossible things day in and day out. And yet it is still not helpful for you to blame yourself for their disease. And it's not benefiting your child in any way either. This is not helping you be a better mom. This is not helping you be a better partner. This is not helping you be a better person. Having a child with a health condition is not a failure on your part. It is not a curse. It is not karma. It is not God punishing you because it is not your fault. Statistically, there are going to be a certain amount of babies born each year that have a heart defect. And this goes for a lot of diseases like this. A genetic anomaly and statistical chances create the outcome of your child. So there is no truth in saying this is my fault. And if you are repeatedly telling yourself this, this is a thought. And if you've listened to my podcast long enough, you know that circumstances within reason are considered neutral. Your child's, meaning that your child's condition isn't good or bad until you think a thought about it. 
and the thoughts you have about causing your child's health condition, blaming yourself and beating yourself up, all of those thoughts create how you feel. So when you say, I know this logically, but I just feel so much guilt and so bad. I just feel so bad for them. Those are not coming from an objective place. Those feelings are not just being created from like, oh, this is the truth. It's coming from your thinking. And your thinking is completely optional in this circumstance. You can choose how you think about yourself and your child's heart condition or medical condition or genetic disorder. And I actually highly recommend that you start thinking critically about how you think about their condition because you have a relationship with their diagnosis. And that relationship depends on how you think about it and how you think about it in regards to you. And if you are at the point in this episode where you're like, I know all of this, Courtney, I get it, but I still feel so damn guilty then at this point, my friend, you are making a choice to do that to yourself. And I say this without any judgment, because I've been there. And I have stepped into that self-blame and that self-shame over and over, that cycle that just keeps repeating embarrassment and fear and guilt and shame over and over, and it's awful. And we do this because we don't have any other options. We feel like we don't have another choice. We feel like we have to do this to punish ourselves. And at this point, if you're still feeling guilty, then you know, one, it's still not logical. Even if you want, if you keep, I know this logically, but you don't because it's not logical. You have to first accept that it's not logical the way you're thinking. And if you understand that logically this isn't your fault, but you're still allowing yourself to think negative thoughts about yourself regarding their diagnosis, then you're choosing to do it. Because if you're like, okay, I accept that my thinking is not logical, but I still feel guilty, it's because you're choosing to accept those thoughts. You're choosing to allow those thoughts to mean something about you. And the greatest gift you can give yourself is to understand that your thoughts are not facts. Just because you've thought a thought a thousand times does not make it any more true since the very first time you thought it. The only thing that you do when you think a thought a bunch of times is reinforce that pathway in your brain so that it's faster and easier for your brain to offer it to you. You then reinforce the feelings that that thought creates. So the more you think this is my fault, I'm to blame for their heart condition, their genetic condition, their health condition, the more often you're going to reinforce feeling guilty, shaming yourself, and the cascading events that happen from that. And this is another point where you can take some time to reflect. How do I treat myself when I think that this is my fault? What kind of behavior do I have when I feel so guilty, when I feel that self-shame, when I feel that self-loathing or self-hatred? When I bear the burden of their pain or their feelings and I tell myself this is all my fault, how do I show up? 
What do I tell myself that I can and cannot do? It impacts your belief system. When you keep reinforcing the thoughts, you start creating a belief about who you are as a person. It forms your identity and it impacts how you show up for yourself in the world and what you do for others as well. It impacts what you believe you're capable of and what you think you're allowed to do, what is selfish, what is not selfish. It's that voice in your head that consistently tells you you have to prove yourself as a good person, as a good mom. Because under, underlying that is that you believe that you have to earn it. But your thoughts are not facts. Your feelings are not facts either. They're not indicating your worthiness. They're not indicating the truth. And you have a choice to consider your child's diagnosis or health condition and choose to think something that's more supportive of them and for yourself. Because again, I cannot think of any legitimate reason that it's helpful to blame yourself or shame yourself. And I know some of you will say, well, I use that to motivate me. I use it to motivate me to make me better and to make, take care of them better and be a better mom. And just, I, it needs, I have to motivate myself somehow to make sure I'm doing a good job and to keep myself in check. And my question for you is, what if you can still motivate yourself and do a good job without shaming yourself? Would you take that option? Why or why not? If you could leave shame and blame at the door and focus on what you are actually responsible for, because the truth is, is that when we're so focused on shaming ourselves, and blaming ourselves for things that we're not even in control of. Are we actually paying attention to the things we can control? Like our thinking? Like regulating our feelings? Learning how to differentiate between guilt and shame? Learning how to respond to a negative thought? Those things are in your control. Those things are incredibly helpful for you that will serve you through the rest of your life. That will model mature behavior for your family and your for your kids those things are helpful those things are in your control why are you spending so much time and energy on something that is not even in your control because there is a different way to motivate yourself and to do a good job as a mom and This is heartbreaking because I know what it's like to think that the only way to help yourself do a quote unquote good job is by being mean, is to beat yourself up to a pulp. Because I used to feel that way too. I used to believe that if I loved myself too much, I would become very permissive, that I would allow myself to become really lazy and irresponsible and neglectful, and that... If I allowed myself to be compassionate, I would just allow myself to make so many mistakes and get away with it. I would never learn. I would never grow. That's all bullshit. It's all made up, socialized bullshit. All it did was keep me feeling worthless. 
it kept me small. It kept me weak. It kept me feeling like I had to make sure everyone liked me and everyone approved of me and that my feelings actually didn't matter that much because other people's approval and feelings mattered way more than mine. I felt very self-conscious. I was very, I still am to some extent, very aware of the perception of how people are, like, I just, being perceived <laughs> is still hard sometimes. I'm like, how are they perceiving me? These are, what this does, this genetic diagnosis guilt, is it puts a magnifying glass on all of your insecurities. And all it's doing is exposing another area where we have to unlearn the beliefs that we've learned from the past. And you don't have to continue feeling worthless. If, if you're like me, you believe that your worth is outside of yourself, that you have to earn it, you have to buy it, you have to gain access to it through a job promotion or weight loss or something else, when that is not true. It does not come from outside of yourself. And it certainly doesn't come from whether or not your child has a healthy body or not. You cannot control outside forces, but your worthiness never changes. So I'm going to challenge all of you to consider how you want to feel about your child's condition and how you want to think about it. How you want to feel is going to be different than how you think. How you want to feel when you think of your child's heart, heart condition or medical condition. And I allow myself to feel anything when it comes to Zola's heart. If I feel guilt, I examine it and hold space. But I'm pretty good at man navigating that part because I've worked so much on my relationship with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And typically I feel sad. That's like my go-to emotion when it comes to when I th really think about the future or like her heart condition or forever cardiology appointments afterwards. Sometimes I just, I just have to feel sad. And I know that it's my thoughts that are creating my feelings and I allow it because it's appropriate and healthy to allow myself to feel sad about an unknown future and a hard health condition to bear for my child who I love so much. And so mostly my feelings bounce from sad and grateful because my main thought about her heart condition is I can't control it and I'm so glad she's my kid and I can't control it and that makes me sad and sometimes it makes me want to freak out like ah like jump out of my skin because I hate that the the reality of the world is that there are going to be huge things that I cannot control. But that's the truth, right? That's reality. And making space for that blah feeling of not being in control and holding space for you to experience that sensation of re recognizing like, oh, this is, this is not something I have control over. And that feels terrifying sometimes. And I also would not change this. I wouldn't change having Zola. I, I'm so grateful that she's mine. And so when I think about hypoplastic left heart syndrome, I think this is a statistic. That's why she has it. It's a statistic. I don't go any farther than that. 
I can't control it. It's another hard truth, but I often think it because I have to remind myself, this is not in my control. And I am so glad she's mine. There are so many other thoughts you can think about yourself. It does take discomfort. So I don't want you to think that this is an easy, like, switcheroo. You're going to feel uncomfortable because it requires you to put down your sword of shame and stop threatening to swipe at yourself. That's what you've been doing. You've been threatening yourself over and over again with your own worthiness. And this will feel difficult because you feel like this is your only tool. This is your only tool in your toolbox to control yourself through shame and threats and meanness. And when you put this down and you put your shaming down and your negative self-talk and the negative self-shame, you will feel maybe a little bit irresponsible. You're going to be uncomfortable when you start thinking loving thoughts about yourself because you're going to be like, oh, I'm not used to being kind. This feels awkward. This feels a little bit forced. That's okay. It just means that you just have to practice it. Uh, you're not using to. You're not used to using those options as tools. Using love to help yourself parent a medical child is the best tool I've ever witnessed, both in myself and my clients. Love doesn't mean being permissive or irresponsible. Love means you get to be responsible, make mistakes, and still love yourself through it. You don't have to shame yourself or things outside of your control. You don't have to take responsibility for things that are not yours to bear because you don't have to blame anyone at all. Blame is like unnecessary. There's nothing, we don't have to blame anyone at all. There's this kind of like thought that floats around in the medical community that we have to know why our child has a condition like, why did this happen? Why them? Why me? Why our family? Why this condition? What, why does this happen to people? What does this mean? But why does that even matter? I want the scientists to figure it out. I want them to get the answers, truthfully. I want to know, how do we cure this thing? Why does cancer happen? Why do these health conditions deteriorate in some populations more than others? Why do heart defects happen and occur? But I just read literally like 900 years ago, they uh, discovered a mummy. Um, not It's a 900-year-old mummy and it's a child. And it's a very well-preserved mummy of a baby, nine-month-old, that had hypoplastic left heart syndrome. There were mothers dealing with this 900 years ago. And I just think about we have a legacy of people who have come before us, who've gone through the exact same thing. And knowing why things happen is not going to make change our circumstances. And often the answers we get are not going to make us feel better because we think that knowing why is going to somehow make us feel okay with not being in control. And that's why we search for those answers is like, we want to feel more in control. We want to feel more capable and confident but capability and confidence do not come from knowing why genetic statistics happen it comes from your thinking so you don't have to go on a whole google rampage 
you can simply decide that you're going to think differently about your child's condition and about yourself and what it means to be a parent to a child with a condition. You don't need to know why to be a good mom or a person or a caregiver. And most of us will never know why our kids are sick. We'll never have those answers. You can simply choose right now that your thoughts about blaming yourself are not worth your energy anymore. And you can set down that sword, set down the defensiveness and the self-pity and the self-blame and start putting your energy into believing in your ability to navigate the unknown. Put your energy into loving yourself when you feel unworthy of love. Put your energy into learning how to respond to overwhelming sensations in your body when you feel sadness or fear. Put your energy into forgiving yourself for past mistakes and put your energy into recognizing the differences between thoughts that help you and thoughts that hurt you. And self-responsibility will be a natural outcome when you are practicing all of these things. Because then you will know, oh, I am allowed to make mistakes. I don't have to beat myself up. There's another option. I can forgive myself and say sorry and love myself and believe that I'm a good person no matter what. All right, my friends, if you have questions about this episode, do not hesitate to reach out to me. You can uh, post anonymously in our Facebook group for the podcast and or you can DM me. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts or questions. And I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back next week. Bye-bye. The episode is over, but there's so much more you can get from our Facebook group. Come to the Mindset for Medical Moms Facebook group community at the link in the show notes and discuss all the things about the podcast. Also, you can get coached for free. Come and ask me questions and connect with fellow medical moms. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much. Thank you.